Built to Sell, Creating a Business That Can Thrive Without You, by John Warrillo. That's a tough name to say, Warrillo. <laughs> Warrillo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this book, I think, changed my life. I hate to say it. Yeah. Because people aren't going to believe me, but... Didn't someone tell you that it was going to change your life, and then yeah. it did? Well, I wasn't going to... This wasn't even on the docket, so I, I, I subscribed to a a service and I was learning some amazing things and the guy that owns the business uh, sent me, he asked me for my address so I knew he was going to send me something. I didn't realize what he was going to send me but a week later this came in the mail, built the cell and it said, hey, this book changed my life. Aloha. <laughs> Rob. <laughs> and who was he? <laughs> Rob Bailey. Oh, okay. How do you know? Marketing guy. Uh, just just a great marketing mind and just someone who's amazing. But but he goes, I love how he said the end. He goes, aloha. Yeah. So what, what this was was an eye-opener for me. And I know you, you read it because it applies, I think, to your life too. It already changed a lot of what I do. So you get into it. Tell them like the big idea, the main thing. Well, the big idea is it's a story about an, a, a guy that runs an advertising marketing business. And he does what I did. He just kind of wanders around the market and solves people's problems that they happen to have. And he builds a business around it. He builds a seven-figure business around it. And he has one primary client that has him by the nuts, mm -hmm. a big bank, and they have him doing all kinds of stuff he's good at and some shit he's not good at. Right. And then there's... Um, the team is always doing something different. So he has a very small team, but they're always doing uh, either things that are not trained to do things they don't love to do or things that are just like uh, crisis management stuff to be at the beck and call of this big client so he ends up having um, a business that's doing well but is not worth a penny yeah because every single part of the business involves his involvement right. it doesn't run without him and so the story goes that he wants to sell his business he's miserable he's gotten cash flow issues um, and uh, on top of doing everything a la carte, he bills at the end of the cycle. So he's put himself in what's called a negative cash flow loop. Right. Um, anyway, he says, this business sucks. I want to sell it. And then his mentor says, that's great. Your business isn't worth shit. <laughs> it's not, it's yeah. completely worthless. Yeah, the, it made me rethink a lot of what I do because when it comes to dunk training, a lot of that's yeah. my main business I'm working on is like I, I work with people very individual basis. So mm -hmm. instead of trying to coach everybody differently, I got to come up with a system that's just four to six weeks or even eight weeks. That's a system everybody goes through. Mm -hmm. It's tough with training though because you want you wanna them to work, but at the same time, I could still make some kind of product that will be more universal. But I like the thing you drew out one time when you were telling me about this book when we were both reading it was it's, there's the whole market and then you kind of see what everybody wants. Say there's like 10 different people right. and then you start trying to do it because you could do all those things. That's the thing is you had the skills and helping them with market or helping them mm -hmm. with recruiting, whatever it was. And then now you're spread thin with all these different things you do. And some people you said even came on just because of you. Like they just liked your energy. I know. Then you had to give them time. The, the, uh, well, the challenge with, with your business, like if, if you're like you're exceptional athlete and yeah. you're highly skilled and you're also well informed beyond the athletic side so you have a lot to offer someone like you literally have some clients that hire you for coaching right for lifestyle coaching and then you have life coaching and then you could coach you can teach on nutrition you can teach on on, on working out and diet yeah. and exercise uh the challenge is you'll go crazy and you'll have no nothing to sell people when you're being you when you're yeah. living your life and you want to productize your market. Now, step number one in, in built to sell, you know, the guy goes through the epiphany. He's like, oh, my business isn't worth shit. And now I have to figure out how to make it valuable. And to make it valuable, he had to step away 
from a lot of things that they currently did. He had to say no to a lot of business. He had to fire pretty much all his clients except a couple. And then he had to pick uh, what, what, what um, he calls a standard service offering, like your number one thing. Right. So instead of teaching people... Uh, you know, individually a la carte how to dunk, you right. you come up with a five-step process yeah, to, or to do it. Something I, what I loved about what you said is that, and the book that was huge is that they had to say no to clients because right. at first, especially when you're building a business, you want to say yes to everybody. It's like, yes, I can take your your money and do the yeah. service you're asking, but the more you say no, the more you they respect it actually. And that was a big eye-opener from the book as well. Yeah, well, it also allows you to specialize. Yes. Specialization in... in um, that you know, I built a company uh, because I built a company by myself. My company was me for a long time, not that long, maybe a couple of years. I knocked on doors, I made sales, I learned how to sell, and then I learned how to do some marketing. Then I learned how to stuff envelopes, then I learned how to use a mail machine, then I yeah. had leads, and then all of a sudden I had um, flow. I had enough leads and I started hiring people. So I actually became a, a CEO because I could generate leads. And the company was doing well just with that. And then we started expanding. And as we expanded, we had new things we could offer. And I learned them all. Yeah. And then at the end, when I got really sick, I, you know, one thing I, I, I attributed it to is I was trying to be unique to everybody. You know, I had uh, over 140 people. I think I had 140 business partners. Damn. Because I did, I treated each one differently. They all had a relationship with me, and I didn't have a system. And then you brought up that it, that caused the toxicity. Totally, yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the 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 inability to productize what what we did. Um, so instead of you know us helping any financial advisor do better. So some people wanted to uh, learn how to sell a certain product. Some people wanted to learn a marketing technique. One guy wanted to start a radio show. Yeah. Another guy was pissed off at his other buddy and I was nice to him. Like he joined me because of that and all of a sudden I had a new best friend I had to talk to every <laughs> night. You know? So it, was, it wasn't sustainable. Right. And my business, which was doing you know over 10 million in gross sales, was worthless. You know, right. It wasn't worth much without me. Uh, I wish I read this book 10 years ago. I might not have gotten sick, but... It's tough because that balance, that balance of you want to try to get your business off the ground, mm. but then saying no and trying to specialize. It's hard to find what your your specialty is. What was yours? When, did you have a moment when you realized yeah, this was, is my specialty? Well, my specialty is my new business. I'm, I was I'm very good at getting appointments. I was very good at getting people to say yes and to agree to meet. Yeah. That was my skill set my whole life. So I built a whole business around that, yeah. around the appointment. Um, that's basically what we do. It's the Anywhere Advisor system is right. what I've built, and that's about how to get an appointment with anybody from anywhere on earth so you can live a good life. And once you isolate it down to what people want and need and will buy again, uh, because in, in, in your standard offering system, you got to pick something that you're going to be great at, like almost to the hedgehog principle and good to great. Like what could you be the best in the world at? What drives your economic engine and what do you like to do? And he talks about three things. It needs to be teachable, it needs to be valuable, and it needs to be repeatable. So if you look at your whole inventory of business uh, offerings that you do, if you're in a business and you do a lot of different things, uh, let's say your lawn service, for instance, you know, and you're also, then you're starting to clean gutters and, and power wash houses, and pretty soon the tail's wagging the dog, and you're not very good at anything. Everything suffers instead of saying, no, we just do mm -mm. immaculate lawn care. Yeah. And we have a five-step process to do that. So that's the whole system is selecting the product 
And his example he, he gave was, um, he says, think razor blades, not razors. I don't, I don't remember that. Well, yeah, it was in, it was in the implementation part uh, where he says, if once you pick a product, pick a product that's repeatable. Mm. Uh, so you don't want something that they'll do just once, right? The disposable razor, you buy, you know, well, yeah. the razor, the razor process, like you buy razor blades, it's a repeatable process. It's, it's not easy to duplicate. Um, so think razor blades uh, instead of saying like, I help people, uh, you know, something they might. Are you saying do. like the full Build razor? websites, like people, what's that? Are you saying like the full razor? And then he said, no, go down just to the razor blade part of the razor. Well, the, the Gillette built the razor that you had to make an investment into the razor to get started, mm-hmm. and then you had to buy more things over right, time right, to right. Ca- stay with them. Yeah. And a business that does that is a really good business. Oh, I think I remember that. He kind of bought into that thing, and he won't go back just because he's got the, the piece sun- now. Yeah, the sunken and cost. Needs, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, I mean, it's just, I mean, you can pick it, but just pick, pick something that, that drives your economic engine, that you can commit to a process that is executable without your involvement. Um, so you start to productize what you do and then you segment the steps and then you train forensically train on each step so that you can teach that yeah even if it's a service that's what was interesting because it resonated with me because what i mm-hmm. when i dunk train or jump train it feels like a service you're teaching them how to do something right but if you think of it as a product it makes it way easier to market because right. it's, it's it's like an a to b or a to z instead of uh, this is what we're going to do indefinitely. But if you want this system, we kind of you can repeat it because it's a product. Like you use it once, and then you have to repeat it because you have to get better at it. Right. But right. I mean, an example would be like we were we were we were exploring you know helping people build social media accounts. Yeah. Like, and that's like we do it. We figured it out, and we're doing pretty good at it. But that's not what we're known for. We're just right. we're just good enough at it that ours are okay. And, and then you, you want to teach people how to build funnels and you want to teach people how to do SEO. Then you want to teach people how to do logos and videos. And pretty soon you're not good at anything. That's been the hardest thing for me is figuring out what my strength is mm-hmm. and not trying to think of what the most profitable business because dunking might not be the most profitable business. Maybe like content might be, you know, like teaching somebody how to do content, how to create podcasts. But is that what I'm naturally good at? Is that the one thing I want to do? That's mm-hmm. been the hardest type of road well, I mean, to find. Keep in mind, you don't have to do it yourself. I right. mean, you're starting a business. The purpose of business is to make a profit. <clears throat> I mean, if you don't like it, don't do it. I mean, do right. do something that people want that is valuable to them that you can teach repeatedly without you being there. Yeah. That's the magic. And when you do, let's pretend it's podcasting. Like, you know a lot about podcasting. You A to, a to Z podcasting, mm-hmm. right? From nothing to something. Uh, you know, some people want to learn that. And if you had a six step process called, you know, the ultimate podcast system in 60 days, it's five steps over 60 days and it's a thousand bucks. Right. Uh, and you are good enough at, at designing that program and then teaching someone to teach each step. Clearly early on before you have employees, you do it yourself, but mm-hmm. after a while you'd be able, you'd want to step away. And then, um, you know, the next step is branding it. Right. Instead of just saying, oh, I help people do a podcast. Right. Like, oh, it's, it's like, the, I like the, I like the, the shortness, like yeah. 60 days. It's like a set thing. I feel like that helps so much in the marketing. Yeah. Yeah. You call it the 60 day, po- you know, the 60 day instant podcast program. Oh, remember and, the, sorry. Remember in the book when he said, said to write the letter to himself five years from now or a year from now, how much he'd want to sell his business yeah, for. Yeah. Talk about that. That was a really good part. Yeah. He, he, he uh, it was like, he wrote down a number about how much he wanted to sell the business for. And then a year later. He got valuations. He, he, um, <clears throat> well, his business wasn't worth anything. So right. he started the journey and, 
you know, to start any journey, you want to know where you want to end up. So working backwards from that great number is what I think the, the exercise was. So his mentor said, go away, stay at my house, write in an envelope what you'd accept for the business. And I think at the time he'd be thrilled to get a million, but it was to live a perfect life. Right. So then he, he came up with the number five million. So all the new, after that point, he showed him the number once, he put it back in the envelope. All the new business plan was geared towards getting that business worth five million using accounting principles, like real accounting principles, so you can, you can actually figure out what that needs to be, because if something's earning enough money, you can work backwards to what it has to do for the drivers to be worth five million. But the reason you put it in an envelope is when you go to sell the business, mm -hmm. And someone offers you six million. Yeah. And then there's a due diligence period. And then after due Absolute diligence, it comes down to five. You don't get pissed off. You take the five. Right. I, I, that's, that's what, what I would happened. Like. Yeah. yeah. He was yeah. like, they, they offered him six million. And then after this period of time, they, that was their first initial offer. So when they came back for the final offer, it was less. And he was pissed. Like you said, he wanted the six million. But then his five million was his number. He remembered that. He's like, and it connected him to what his life will be. Yeah. yeah I point. mean, this whole book is, comes down to, figuring out and saying no to everything else, doing one thing really well, being the best in the world at it, and then making it a branded product and then branding each step of the way, naming each step. Because he, in this story, he, he ended, instead of doing everything, he just did logos. He had a five-step logo process that was mm -hmm. branded and named, and he went out and sold it in the marketplace. And that's all he did. He became known for that because it was teachable, learnable, valuable, and repeatable yeah and and then and then but he, the second change that he made which i think was important for cash flow is he went from a negative cash flow cycle meaning he bill at the end right to he build all of it up front yeah because he made it such that they want it and so it's 10 grand you know right up front and then uh so his cash flow ended up being better yeah and then those all those little intricacies about the business deals going down people buying his business were so fascinating mm -hmm. i don't know any of that really um but i loved when he went to sell it uh he had like that bad interview or bad consultation i forget what it was somebody went to buy his business and he basically said i'm looking to go leave <laughs> and right. it made it seem like his business is not valuable it's like why would you leave this business valuable you have to tell him like, it's going to keep growing right right yeah well the the problem when your business the big the big issue here if you if you make a business that is that you want to sell and your name's attached to the business or people are doing business uh, because you're there yeah you're gonna get some kind of like uh, what they call an earnout like they're gonna give you your number but they're gonna base it on the sales staying after you disengage the likelihood of that happening is low number one number two the 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 triggers in the in the uh, pulleys in the deal are usually on the purse strings of the of the buyer. So a lot of times, there's very many many stories where people that bought got bought out in an earnout are almost always disappointed. Mm. So you don't want to have an earnout because when you sell, you want to leave, and you want that price to be fixed. So so having a known product that's teachable, learnable, repeatable, transferable with standard operating procedures, positive cash flow cycle, and then the last element of it is that you have a sales team, hmm. that you have a sales, you know, client acquisition strategy. Um, and ultimately, if you get big enough, a management team to manage that process. Right. All of that bundled together in this book is the first half of the book. Right. The second half is selling it so if you want to sell the book the business 
which we won't go into today. You got to hire a broker. So there's technology in hiring the broker. You got to involve your team. There's some stuff on compensation, um, you know, and, 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 the, and the offer and the acceptance. But the, I think the big idea in this book is productize your business such that it doesn't need you in it to thrive. That's exactly. the big idea. And I did it. Like I literally changed the way I do business because of that. And I saying, I'm saying no to people now that want me to build things I'm fully capable of building that I don't want to build anymore. Yeah. I like this part as well. I'm reading a summary quote right here. It says, think big, write a three-year business plan that paints a picture of what is possible for your business. The company that acquires you will have more resources to accelerate your growth. Because when you're trying to sell it, you have to remember that they're going to have all these resources. And so you have to think about that. Imagine if you had these unlimited resources, how could you scale it? You could, remember you saying satellite companies in all these different cities, thought that was a really cool way to think. Yeah. If you build a business, you might want to consider the fact that that business can work anywhere on earth. Yeah. And then you should know that business better than anyone on earth and have an idea of what it would look like with more resources to grow. You may not want to grow, but by being able to show them a tool that, or a plan or a model that is, is something they could grow makes your business more valuable. Yeah. Super interesting. I never thought of it coming from that angle of saying no to things and also thinking that you're going to not be a part of it. You always think of like, this is my baby. This is like what I'm building, but it's yeah. the title of the book, Built to Sell. Um, very interesting. Yeah. I mean, when you create a positive cash flow cycle, I'll end on this note. If you have a positive cash flow cycle, meaning you get paid before the work is done, you'll have cash on hand for when you sell versus if you have a negative cash flow cycle, yeah. the company will have to come in and put operating dollars in there. So you actually get a bigger number. Uh, that's a really interesting small point, but a big, big thing. You know, you know, There's nothing worse than doing work and either not getting paid because the company goes out of business or just waiting. And relying on that, it hurts your cash flow. I love it. Good book. Great book. Great recommendation. Yeah. It's a quick read. Aloha, baby. Aloha, man. (laughs) Read this book. You will not be disappointed.